We here at Stormdar Weather work hand-in-hand with the National Weather Service and other professional weather service agencies as a Weather Ready Nation ambassador. We are avid weather enthusiasts who have studied the likes of Mother Nature for over 30 years. The purpose of this podcast is to provide weather information, facts, and trivia in a manner that is entertaining and easily understood by everyone. Well, hello and welcome back to the Stormdar Weather Podcast. This is episode 77. I'm Rando. I'm Corey. And this is the Finally Some Relief episode. Man, wasn't that hot last week. It was very warm. You know what I did? I did. I, I drove to the creek. A creek. Well, yeah. not only a creek. It was actually a good 40-minute drive from my house because... Oh, really? We have a creek we really like. Because it's so cold, and you can just oh. put your feet in, and your whole entire body just is, is cooled off. Oh. You want to tell me where it is? Three or days in a row. Are you afraid people might It's go in there. the Mark Twain National Forest. It's Swan Creek. Ah, I'll tell you okay. That. It's a big area, but I'll tell you that. Swan Creek. Okay. Swan Creek comes out in Forsyth at Bull Shoals. Right, right. But we are nowhere near Forsyth, I'll tell you that. So, well, yeah, it's it way flooded over there right now. Uh, yeah, I, w- I went uh, the other night. Remember when we had that uh, power outage, yeah. that bizarre power outage? It happened about 10 after 8, and I was—I I swore I was never going to clean again because I had vacuumed, and I had cleaned the upstairs toilet, and I had cleaned the downstairs toilet, and I literally had just put the plunger back—not uh, the plunger, but the, you know, the— Brush the brush back into the container, and all the lights went out. <laughs> and and so, so it was your fault. It it must have been, but fortunately, it wasn't pitch dark. I mean, we still had you know kind of like what it is now. We're recording this about eight thirty. Um, so I just sat here and went okay, all right. And then I thought I went to get some flashlights, and and my wife loved these just really cheap little bitty flashlights and I thought, you know, I I'm gonna go to Target because every place east of Taney Como was out, but every place west of Taney Como still had power. So uh, so yeah, Hollister was out, Mount Branson was out, Kirbyville, Power Site. Well and- it was nearly four thousand and you see on their website it's four thousand customers. But customers are not people, they're households. Yeah. Households can have Six or seven people. Yeah, they could. So (laughs) that was thousands of people out. And it was a large outage for this area. Oh, it was huge. Because it stretched from Hollister to Forsyth. It was huge. Yeah. But, I mean, but only parts of Forsyth was out. Like the, what is it, the southern part? was the cutoff. Okay. However, all Forsyth lost their cable and their internet yeah uh, uh, speaking of cable my buddy ray told me about uh we've switched headphones so we're trying to get used to all these (laughs) headphones so if you hear us stumble i'm trying not to chew my m&ms in the microphone (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's not gonna work but no uh no my buddy ray lives on the north north end of forsyth and he told me about seven o'clock his cable and internet went out yeah and then about eight whatever eight ten or after eight o'clock the power went out here, but he had power. So I thought, you so know. So the internet went out before? Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Early. Yeah, it was weird. And huh. uh, and so I went, you know, 
I, it, it's cold in my basement, but it's going to get warm. And so I thought I just packed up a pillow, my toothbrush, you know, just some uh, essential items. And he said, come on over. His wife's out of town for a week. And it's like, so well, I'll go hang out in Forsyth. So uh, went to Forsyth, got there about 10 o'clock. And uh, my neighbor across the street, Jeanette, I said, would you text me when the power comes back on? So about 10 after 10, she said, it's back on. So it came on pretty fast. I mean, it came on in spurts. Yeah. From Hollister, then it came on here, and then came on closer to four, it, 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 all different times. Now, I will Which say is this, weird. When, yeah. when, 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 when Empire said they were all back on, 54 customers went offline, again, near uh, Forsyth. Uh, oh, it's the, the Rockaway Beach area. The, yeah, you the tested it. highway that. area. Uh-huh. And... They were still off when I went to bed, like at one thirty in the morning. So I don't know when they when they came back on. Oh man, yeah, I I don't either. But yeah, I I and I made that post. I was hoping everybody was back on because right in the middle of a heat wave, this is the worst time to lose electricity. And uh, you know, like I said, the 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 basement was great. I could probably have lived down here, but you know like the but upstairs in the next day it was going to get what heat index 105 106 uh it it wouldn't have been habitable so i'm very thankful it came back on all the food was saved everybody's food was okay um you know it was a cool night for everyone and uh yeah <laughs> it was it was it was bizarre because normally you know when there's a power outage you know the the lights will like flicker and then they'll kind of back on and then bam and they'll go out this was not even a flicker i mean it was on and off yeah that's what i heard i didn't lose power at my house of course i'm on a different uh electric provider over there uh, yeah, yeah yeah you're way different now so yeah yeah what, what happened a transformer a transformer blue well you know i hear say and I'm, i don't know the exact problem they didn't really tell you tell us this time okay okay I mean, because I I'll tell you this: when a transformer blows, transformers are more localized. Yeah, they're not gonna blow four thousand people off the grid. Okay, it's just gonna be like in an area, right? <clears throat> like maybe Hollister or parts. So of yeah. either there was a, a problem at the station at the power station uh, that may have been an issue there, but hmm. and it may have caused the transformer to blow. Yeah, right. So yeah. Yeah, and about eight o'clock. I mean, everybody's home by that point, and air, everybody's air conditioner. I would running. guess it would have something to do with the heat, and everything was running. I all. that's what I'm thinking. Right. Yeah. But if anybody really knows out there, you know, send shoot us an email, stormdarweather uh, at gmail dot com, and let us know exactly, and we'll post it to the site and stuff like that. Well, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's cooled off. Isn't that great? It has cooled off. We, <laughs> got, a, we got a little bit of rain this morning. Not a whole lot. Nothing. No uh, hard pounding rain for sure. I got here. less than a tenth of an inch. Wow. Yeah. Well, we didn't get much. <laughs> it, it pretty much dried up. Yeah. It was a light rain this morning. And then it went to a sprinkle, then a mist, and then another light rain, and then sprinkle and a mist. And But it was cool, and it was nice. And it was no yeah. humidity. So. Now, my mother said, she texted me this morning, she got three quarters of an inch. Yeah, so, the more north and the more west. The more west. Yeah, matter of fact, I mean, it, we, we saw this, uh, I'm not, yeah, Camdenton got six inches. Seriously? Well, that, that storm wasn't going anywhere over them. Did you notice that storm earlier on? It developed, when was that? Uh, 
last night. Yeah. We had the, the storm watch issued. Or was it the night before? The night before, we had some storms up to our north sagging down from the Kansas City area. Right, right. And that just disappeared. And, and it looked like they were moving closer and closer and closer, but it was actually developing behind an OB. Uh-huh. But the actual storms, they weren't moving at all. So they got a lot of rain from that. I know that. Yeah. And, and, and you know, this time of year, I've noticed that, you know, it looked, and I, th- I think I made a post about it. I mean, it, it looked angry up in northern Missouri, and you can tell... There was a boundary moving, moving to the south, and all of a sudden, it, everything just started drying up. I mean, it rained a lot, <clears throat> but it just got so far to the south. I don't, 54, did it get to 54? I don't, it, may, it may have got a little closer than that. I don't know. But, I don't know that it did. But it, 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 ra- it rained itself out. But last night, and uh, I got to tell you, I was texting with you and my buddy Brad, it's like, at five o'clock, they issued a severe thunderstorm watch, and it's like, okay. Well, I was at the creek and didn't even know because I know because I was in the Springfield. Creek <laughs> doesn't have any cell phone service. Yeah, because I, I I was about ten miles outside of Brans- Branson, and I was texting you. Uh, Brad had texted me and said, you know what? What about that watch? That's weird. And I'm like, what? Because I didn't hear anything. And then I, you know, slyly checked, and there was a watch. So then I texted you because I couldn't post because I was driving, and you were out of. Out of commission, yeah. <laughs> in the creek, so it's like okay. I told Brad, I'm well, almost. Over. I wasn't expecting a watch. I wasn't either. And there have been two or three watches this week issued that I feel didn't warrant a watch, and I don't know why, but it's happening, and it happened here. Now it was severe up to our north and west, and that's great. Yeah, but I definitely wasn't anticipating a watch for the Branson area. No. Uh, we weren't anywhere near the slight. We were in marginal. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, the slight was up west central Missouri up in Kansas. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. okay. And I, I mean, after it was kind of all over, I I get, I kind, I'll say I kind of get it. Because right after the watch was popped, I looked in southeast Kansas, and there were two storms that were raging. And I was convinced one of them was going to start turning because the velocities were well, wild. And they mentioned that could happen. Yeah. And then they issued the flash flood watch, and I, for all of us, yeah. yeah. I, and I thought that was weird too. And it's like we don't have a forecast pick for severe thunderstorm and flash flood <laughs> watch. <laughs> yeah, but it was very much warranted. I mean, they did cover that up, you know, towards fifty four Lebanon. Rolla was in the watch, and you know, Camdenton got that. Um, Osceola got four and a half inches. Fair Grove, which isn't that far away, three and a half. Bolivar, two inches. And Springfield at the National Weather Service got a grand total of a little over two tenths. You say you got a tenth here? I got about yes. a tenth, yeah. But my mother, who also lives in Springfield, got three quarters of an inch. So she she was kind of in the northeast portion. So maybe she just got the tail end of some, that batch that was sitting there, you know, up in Camdenton or Fair Grove. Couldn't be. I Because the airport, what's that kind of? Oh, it's way west. West, yeah. Yeah, it's it it it's way west. Uh, matter of fact, there's West Bypass, and it's way west of that. Right. But it but it's not as bad as the airport that's in Branson, which is seven miles <laughs> south. But is it I that close? I won't go into that. <laughs> We've talked about that before. Uh, but th- that was in response to a cold front, and and one reason the the mid 
midsection of Missouri got all that. Uh, the cold front was sagging south, and and I get why they were talking about thunderstorms because you got this brand new air mass, which is beautiful now, uh, and this hot and sticky mess clashing into each other. You're gonna they're gonna be rain making storms. Sure. So I I do I, I do get it, um, but they kind of missed it because uh, towards the end of the night. They had that complex and that big bow echo. It kind of it brazed Joplin. I mean, I got a report just west of Joplin. They had a, a wind gust of 65 miles an hour, uh, and they were under a severe thunderstorm warning. But that bow echo started surging more southeast. Uh, so it was going towards northwest Arkansas, and you can see it. But then uh, on the eastern side of that it was kind of kind of coming towards Springfield, kind of towards 65, but it was decreasing. And, of course, it was midnight. So you're, you're losing the dynamics. This particular batch was ahead of the actual cold front, so it really didn't – there wasn't any wind shear, uh, so it really didn't have a lot to hang on to. So, honestly, by the time that bow echo went through Miami, which they were severe warned for a while. Well, they, they had some damage. They did, now, did okay. did you notice that – their warning was dropped a little early. It wasn't was dropped weird. early. It just wasn't issued for a long that period of time. That was weird. The other warnings were issued. You know, the, the warning for Jasper and uh, uh, Newton County and on into Kansas and Cherokee and Crawford, mm-hmm. they were they had an hour expiration time. And the bourbon one got reissued yeah, for yeah, another yeah. hour. That and, was and weird. And it wasn't moving fast. No. But the one for Ottawa County, once you get in the t- Tulsa area, they were it was like a 25, 20-minute warning. Well, they lost power, and I saw tons of tree, big, huge trees down on cars, uh, images, pictures coming in from Miami. No way. Uh, they were without power all night long into this morning. Oh, my God. I did not know that. Yeah. And in Joplin, they lost power, too. Uh, the uh, ABC and NBC affiliate completely were knocked off the air, lost power. They couldn't do the newscast last night at 10 o'clock. Oh, my gosh. So these are little... Facebook Live in the dark with their phones <laughs> and kind of told, you know, the, the news, weather, and sports, and that's the best they could do. Wow. So Yeah, because I my, my sister-in-law lives in Joplin, but she's she's toward the Racine area, and she didn't lose any power, but she said, I, I texted her and said, okay, you are severe warned, you're going to get get stuff, and I forget exactly what she said, but she said a couple of the, of the TV stations, she heard it on there, and then, but she didn't lose power, but it... it Man, you get 60, 65 mile, yeah. mile an hour winds going through there. It's going to cause some damage. And I was concerned about Miami. I really was because I saw the whole thing. What's the county west of the Miami County? Craig County. So it's Craig and then Ottawa is where Miami's mm-hmm. in, right? Yeah. And then we get further east goes into McDonald. Newton. Newton Jasper, McDonald. Newton, McDonald. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's where that bow echo was. But I was really, really surprised. And I texted you because I was making that post, and all of a sudden there were warnings all around Miami, but it just quit. Well, they just it just <laughs> expired, and I thought, well, they're going to reissue that because it looked just as severe as the rest of it, and they didn't. Was it a short fuse, like twenty minutes or yeah. thirty minutes? Oh, really? And it was the only one. All the rest of them were long. So That's thought, really maybe, bizarre. Maybe they coded that warning wrong or something. I don't know. It's just I don't the weirdest know. thing. Well, as, as soon as all that moved through, of course, they canceled the warning. I mean, they, it was moving pretty fast. And that's and that's kind of like one of those downburst situations. I mean, on a larger, like a macro burst, um, 
where you get that bow echo, the cold air is up in the upstairs, and all of a sudden it loses its updraft, all the cold air goes down, hits the ground, and has to go somewhere, so it goes in the direction the wind is taking it, therefore you have that big bow echo, and you could clearly see it on radar. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, Joplin was just kind of inching to the, to the east, but that bow echo, which was from McDonald down Ottawa County down there, was just surging to the south uh, east, and but it dissipated. I mean, by the time it got to Branson, it was like, eh. We had a little OB yeah. come through. And, you know, an OB is what a storm puts out when it's basically decaying. Yeah, it's last hoorah is what I call it. Right. <laughs> of course, it can cause more storms downstream. Yes, yes. If conditions are right, yes, it sure can. Right. And especially but, if they collide. And it will definitely cool things down. <laughs> Yeah, no. I don't know how late you were up. I mean, I I I just had to crash at twelve thirty. I made the evening. Post I was up was past tired. one. Oh, okay, you, about about the same. Yeah. Do you have your rain gauge out? I do not. Oh, I don't have a good place for it. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> well, let me tell you. Okay, I moved into this house and it had a yeah, rain. Yeah, you gauge. just moved, right? A yeah. huge rain gauge right on the back deck. Okay. Right under the biggest oak tree you ever saw. <laughs> Do you remember the last time we got a big rain? You got two and a half inches and I got two and a half inches. Right. That rain gauge picked up less than an inch. <laughs> well, so I, my entire backyard is a forest. So I'm going to have to put it in the neighbor's yard or somehow... I fix it to my roof. I could do that. I could put it on my you roof. Could, yeah, you because could. Because it's not a tiny little rain gauge. It's huge. <laughs> and I can read it from wherever. Okay. But what? here's what we really need to do uh-huh. is get a computerized automated weather station that has a rain gauge built in and it automatically dumps and refills. And we mm-hmm. don't have to, you know, that's what we got to get. You know what? That's on my wish list. Yeah. So if and anybody it, wants to help us. Please donate to Storm Dar Weather. Uh. <laughs> yeah. And we could put that information live onto our website. Yeah, we could stream it right to our website at right. stormdarweather.com um, and have all that. And you talked about the, the potential real time. of having real-time data on there. Yeah. Wouldn't that be awesome? It's ideal, especially for us. Yeah, and then we could really, really push that. And anytime, it probably would update like minute to minute or minute or something like that. You can set it for different in- intervals and one minute, yes, it can be done. Yeah, it'd probably be better if it was five. Well, well why not? better than what you have now. Which is an hour. Right. Yeah, <laughs> it's much better. So, yeah, so there there are changes coming to Storm Dar Weather. Uh, so once you get a rain gauge, yeah, that's on my radar. And if I can get, I, I may have an additional gig in Christmas. Hmm. I didn't tell you about that. So that the money I make from that uh, could be going to... Uh, you know, a weather station. I've always wanted to have one. The I know Storm you Dar have too. Storm weather station fund. We need. To, that's what we need to do. Go fund me for a Storm weather station go fund. Me. Oh, there you go. Huh? Oh, wait, I got to give you. Know, you people have I, asked me. I got to give you one of these. People. Have, that's good. Thank yeah, you, go thank fund you. me. Yeah. People okay. ask me, "Hey, how can we thank you? How can we show our appreciation towards you? Mm-hmm. Is there a way we can donate? Is but well, we we've never had anything set up. Yeah, like that. yeah. But they would be helping not. Us, but our cause, our our website, and 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 invest in stormed our weather. It's a win win. Well, that that's the whole idea of a company. We are a, a LLC, and yes. in, any donations or anything we get, 
we're not going to pocket. We're going to buy equipment. We're going to make it the experience that you get have at Storm Dark Weather much better, uh, and put it on our site. Bring you more more tools. Wow, I just think of the possibilities. And a Christmas present. We should do that around Christmas when people are generous and we they can donate to Storm. Dark I don't know that'll measure snow, but we don't get snow anymore. So, well, that's a good point. I got my yardstick for that. <laughs> I, I think you probably need like a six inch, you know, compass ruler just put out there because we're not going to get more than six inches. Six millimeters. You, you, you never know because I talked to somebody the other day, uh, one of my sister in law's friends, uh, and she said that there was like several years of, of nothing, and all of a sudden that one special year they got like thirteen to fifteen inches. Is bam. So all I can say is for Branson, we are due, but. We are due. We are due. Weather acts differently a little bit right now, but we are statistically due. <laughs> right. Almost overdue. <laughs> right. So, anyway, but what we could, what the only thing we can look at right now is the Climate Prediction Center. And they are on the long term are looking at an equal to maybe slightly above for the winter. But for August on the near term, they're all they're just saying average, you know, yeah. 89, 85 degrees uh, with average uh, precipitation. So uh, but yeah, that that is the average high for this time of year is 89 around this area. Last year at this time, we were really starting to look at droughts. Remember that? That's right. So hopefully we won't have to bring that up. No, I don't think so. I mean, this this is kind of a stretch. I mean, we had the hot weather, and then we had the powerful cold front come through. I mean, we were six, seven degrees above average last week. Now we're going to be six, seven degrees below average, and that's welcome. The rest of this week is going to be fantastic. We're looking at, on Tuesday, we're looking at highs right at 80 degrees, and the Wednesday morning low, they're talking upper 50. Well, that's my magic number to open the windows and turn the attic fan on overnight. To me, that's a little cool. You think so? Yeah. Unless I got a big old comforter and a sleeping sack. I sleep very well if it's cold. My wife hates it. (laughs) (laughs) I sleep well when it's cold and it's healthy. It's I I have heard that. You're supposed to sleep in the cold. Uh, I don't know. Well, not stupid cold. It's like five below zero. No, you don't want to sleep with that. But, you know, bacteria they don't, it doesn't like cold. That's right. So That's it, why hospitals it, are so cold. It, supposedly, it's it's healthier to sleep in a cool room than a hot room. Yeah, and I've heard, I, I listened to a couple of medical podcasts, too. I'm, I'm kind of a medical nerd. I'm, I'm no doctor. I'm no pharmacist. But, you know, it's like weather. It just fascinates me so much. And... Both of those podcasts say, you know, an ideal sleeping environment is like in the 60s. Uh, you, you, you know, you kind of, what is it, bundle up and just get right under the covers and stuff. So, and so I agree because I cannot sleep when I'm hot. No. Zero. I will sweat. I will kick. I will. If the temperature is over 73 degrees in my house, I wake up just, my head's wet. My back's all sweaty. Really? I just don't do it well. And my kids usually join me some at some point in in the middle of the night. So I got so you got extra heat. four people yeah. <laughs> in a bed, and it just gets hot in there. Of course, I can turn my fan, my ceiling fan. I can work with my my, my iPhone. I 
just hit the button and your it comes entire on. house works from your iPhone. You got yeah. that? Was that home? Google, Is that what they Google call it? Home. Google Home. Yeah. I don't have it all programmed for this new house yet, but it's on my list. But but my ceiling fan is working. I was gonna say within thirty minutes you're gonna have every light bulb in that entire house. <laughs> and I think that's great. Now I cannot sleep with an attic or not an attic fan, but a ceiling fan blowing on me. If I if any, or a fan, you know, like a normal fan. If it blows on me during the night, I will wake up with a terrible sore throat. Yeah. If it's blowing around me, I'm good. But if it's blowing on me. If the temperature reaches a certain level in the room, that will happen to me. Ah, okay. But I have two fans in my room. A ceiling fan that blows on me and a, and a box fan that just blows. Well, you have three fans. You have your wife. She's your fan, too. Uh, Sometimes. You know, You're stormed our weather fan. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Oh well, okay. she has to have that that hum of the fan going, you know. I I do. I like I like to have the uh, the white noise from the oh, fan. Yeah, I've got sure. like a fan going on because I'm a musician and I have tinnitus, so just low grade tinnitus. So it just kind of kicks that. Down. And I have this cool app on my phone too. If I go like on trips or if I go visit people and I sleep at their place, I have this little app that goes. Yeah, you know. So I, that was pretty cool, huh? You could probably sell that. Storm door weather sound effects. Oh, <laughs> look at all the business opportunities. Well, <laughs> well, I I want to introduce something. My friend Caroline up in St. Louis. She was the one I was supposed to go uh, kayaking with up there, oh, and yeah. we never got a chance to go because it was flooded. But she sent me something a couple hours before the the podcast, and I thought. This is really cool, and I told Brad about it. I said we're gonna something a little tidbit of fun information. So I wanted to let everyone know there is such thing as corn sweat. Have you ever heard of corn sweat before? Of course, I have not. <laughs> wow, this is an article from CityLab.com uh, by David Montgomery, and you can go there uh, and check out. It's it's a Pretty lengthy article. It's great. CityLab, C-I-T-Y-L-A-B dot com. And uh, look for corn sweat. So I, I did uh, a few highlights from it. And basically, uh, he's saying, uh, plants like humans shed water when it gets too hot. In their case, they suck up water through their roots and then push it out through tiny holes in their leaves called stomata. And when the water converts from that liquid form to the gas form, it takes a lot of energy with it, uh, says uh, Joe Lauer, a professor and corn agronomist at the University of Wisconsin. And the upshot of that is that it cools down the leaf, which is makes sense because it's... Just like when we sweat. Yeah. I mean, you have those little mister bottles. Uh, I see lots of people at the pool, they get hot and they're like misting themselves. Well, you, you know, that's... Uh, oh, this next one talks about that. The process is technically called transpiration or evapotranspiration, which I have heard of that. And it's analogous to perspiration in animals. When it's, uh, when it's corn that's evapotranspiring, the process is often dubbed as corn sweat. I thought that was so cool. Hmm. And one last little tidbit. It says, one corn plant doesn't make a big difference, but a full field can raise the dew point by five degrees. Interesting. Yeah, very interesting. A single acre of corn can give off up to 4,000 gallons of water 
per day because it's trying to cool itself. And the U.S. has lots and lots of cornfields, more than 90 million acres. So you can imagine up there in the corn belt, which is basically Denver to, oh, shoot, where did it say? Denver to Detroit. All, Denver yeah. to Detroit, the corn belt up there. You you get corn sweat, and it makes the summer miserable up there. Just think if it wasn't for corn sweat, all that popcorn those farmers would have to clean up. Wouldn't that be awful? <laughs> you know, I. <laughs> that's funny. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, okay, yeah, I had to give you that. Okay, <laughs> but I but I will say I read later in the article, and I really highly suggest people go to citylab.com and and read this article. But they said what happens is. If, if they don't have enough water, I mean, th- this year is especially bad because there's lots of water, so the corn is like, and it's really hot, so the corn is like, oh, I need all this water up there. But when it doesn't have that, then the leaves start closing around the stoma because it wants to uh, preserve any moisture that it has. Therefore, it stresses out the plant and the plant withers. So I get that's just a process of if, you, if, if you're in a drought, the corn goes down. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. So I thought that was really interesting. Uh, Oh, you know what it's time for? I don't have a clue. (laughs) You're looking, you got to get your phone in. No, it's time for the tropics update. And we got some stuff going on now. We got something going on to talk about. Well, yeah. The tropical depression three is located 120 miles southeast of Palm. West Palm Beach, Florida. And I saw the track on that in the National Hurricane Center. It's actually going to move kind of northeastward and skirt. It's going to kiss the the, the Florida coast, then turn north and head towards, uh, what's that place in, in North Carolina that always gets hurricanes? Cape Hatteras, is that yes. it? Huh? Cape Hatteras. Cape, Cape Hatteras, yeah. And up to Cape Hatteras. The good news is they're not anticipating it getting more than just a tropical pressure. So, no good. Yeah, that's good. And then in the Pacific, we've got uh, Tropical Depression 5E, which is located 610 miles southwest of the southern tip of Baja, California. And that one's, yeah, it's got a little bit more juice on it. It's going to become a tropical storm, but it's going to kind of collapse. I mean, it's going to kind of go north and then kind of turn northwest and hit some unfavorable winds. And so it won't be affecting. A lot of wind shear over there this year that, that kills those storms. There really is. You know, I mean, now, the only one is Barbara really took off. Barbara yeah. really just exploded into a major hurricane, but it didn't last long. No. Nope. That's a thing. She days. exploded, kind of like Michael did, uh, developed quickly within like 36 hours, went from a tropical storm to, did she ever hit Cat 5? I think there was a window, there was a Cat 5, but then she went right into, you know, started turning west and got into that cooler waters wow. and sheer... So we're watching the tropics. It's, I mean, it. We're we're starting to get into the area now that we're probably going to start seeing more. We're at the end of July and August. And August is the big, yeah. Month. Like May is for tornadoes here, right? August, especially the third to fourth week in August. That's that's the biggie time for the big ones. It seems like yeah. So me. we're we're really going to have to. You know, I should make a, a tropics update soundbite. Why not? Yeah, I'm trying stinger. to think. A stinger, yes. <laughs> something something that I can, I don't know, I'll have to think about that. I don't know. but 
So we are watching it uh, right now. And all really all the, in the Atlantic, Tropical Depression 3 is going to do is just bring some rain to the East Coast. I mean, it, it's progressive. It's not going to just stop. I mean, uh, Barry just kind of slowed down and got real strong. Uh, this one is not it's a d- depression. Circulation, some wind, kind of go up the coast. You see where Barry caused the most rain of any tropical storm in the state of Arkansas. Wow. I, that doesn't surprise me. It parked itself over uh, Murfreesboro. You, Murfreesboro, Murfreesboro, yeah. Murfreesboro, that's where the, uh, the diamond mine is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Parked itself over that, and, and they got... You know, fourteen to sixteen inches of rain. Insane. So it went down into Arkansas state history as the tropical storm system that caused the most amount of rain. Man, in Arkansas, right? But not Texas. Harvey wins that one. I think Harvey wins the all-time record on that one. There's a. I saw a graphic that listed by state, and it listed almost all the states, even up north to Minnesota, of. The rain amount and, and the storm name that caused the most amount of rain in that state. Oh, in all please time. send that to me. I'll have to look for it. Wow. That would be great for a podcast in August that really, when we really start hitting hurricane mm-hmm. season. Oh, man. Well, those tropical storms really can dump some stuff. But what happened this time that Barry kind of exited, and we knew once Barry exited, we had this big dome of heat and just. Incredible heat and humidity. I'm not a fan of high pressure. Uh, not well. You are now. I'm, well, well. This, see, this is from Canada. Let me tell you this. <laughs> but the when, other one, no. When you yeah. have high pressure, you don't get a lot of stormage, right? And if it's, you know, in in, in the winter, high pressure always means bitter cold. Basically, exactly. Yes. And then you get these hot spells. Well, that's usually from high pressure in the summertime. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I love the low-pressure systems that bring all that moisture up from the Gulf. And oh, man. Lo- to, to us, low-pressure right. is the bomb. Because high-pressure <laughs> systems are boring for us. Yeah, it's sinking air. Uh, it's, it's clockwise in the northern hemisphere. It squashes any activity. I mean, we saw some nice little cumulus clouds, but nothing yeah. was growing. And now it's clear tonight and bringing us cooler uh, Low pressure is more for those uh, <laughs> weather junkies that like to like us. Right. <laughs> well, we're not. As a matter of fact, this this Canadian high pressure is going to be in control until uh, I, I'm okay. I'm going to say this loosely through Sunday. I mean, that's a whole week. It's climbing up there, though. Yeah, we're gonna, we're going to increase temperature a little bit 80 degrees 84 tomorrow uh i mean 84 on wednesday 84 and probably 86 by friday but you know the national weather service was even saying this too the models are getting a little murky toward the end of the week so they have in their forecast grid our next chance of rain would be next monday which would be next monday's podcast that's not going to really put us into a drought i mean a drought is an extended period but i i do think we're going to have uh you know some more rain coming in this is really good and we'll probably we're going into august we'll probably have some more heat going on so that's what today's weather school is about heat what it can do to you what the type of watches and warnings and uh even some more tidbits you probably didn't know so let's get to the weather school if there's something about the weather that you want to know, Storm Dar Weather School. 
Ah, it's summertime. The sun is shining and it's really hot outside. But the backyard needs to be mowed. The only time to do it is around 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Is this a good idea? Honey, what are you doing? It's hot outside. Well, I gotta mow the lawn, dear. We all like to go outside and soak up some sun. But sometimes the hot weather conditions can affect our health. We talk a lot about thunderstorms and snow, but heat is something many of us don't consider to be a problem. I hear people say, It's summer. It's hot. Deal with it. But problems can arise when high humidity is combined with hot air temperatures. We've all heard of the heat index, but what is it? Well, the heat index is a measure of how hot it really feels when the air temperature and humidity are combined. This combination can make it hard to breathe, and it hinders the body to be able to cool itself efficiently. When it's hot, our bodies try to regulate our internal temperature by sweating. On low humidity days, this process works well as the sweat evaporates into the air. This evaporation process essentially cools the skin. Think of those times when you've just gotten out of the pool and it feels really cold for a second. That cold you're feeling is the water or sweat evaporating. Once the liquid evaporates, then your perception of the surrounding air returns to a normal state. In high humidity environments, your sweat won't evaporate as fast or at all. It is then that your body will not be able to regulate its internal temperature. You'll then start to overheat and start feeling the effects of it. When we talk about heat advisories and excessive heat warnings, then this means a prolonged period of hot and humid conditions can take a toll on our body. If you do not live in an air-conditioned environment, then you will be susceptible to heat-related illnesses. The very young and the elderly are most at risk. So, what's the difference between a heat advisory and an excessive heat warning? In general, a heat advisory is issued when the maximum heat index temperature is expected to be 100 degrees or higher for at least two days, and the nighttime air temperature will not drop below 75. An excessive heat warning is defined as the heat index of at least 105 degrees for more than three hours per day for two consecutive days, or the heat index is expected to be more than 115 degrees for any period of time. Let's talk about what happens when you get overheated. You can come under the effects of heat exhaustion. There are two types of heat exhaustion. One, water depletion, in which the symptoms include excessive thirst, weakness, headache, and loss of consciousness. And second, salt depletion, in which symptoms include nausea, vomiting, muscle cramps, and dizziness. Heat exhaustion isn't as serious as heat stroke, although heat exhaustion can progress into heat stroke. Heat stroke is a medical emergency. 
Some symptoms include a throbbing headache, dizziness and lightheadedness, unconsciousness, your sweating stops, you've got red, hot, and dry skin, a rapid heartbeat, confusion, or sometimes seizures. The best thing to do for someone experiencing heat exhaustion is to immediately take them to a cool place. An air-conditioned building is the best, or at least a shady place. Give them liquids like water or sports drinks and put towels soaked in cool water on their skin. Make sure their clothes are loose or remove any unnecessary clothing. If the person does not feel better within an hour after using these techniques, then seek medical attention. For heat stroke, the treatment is immediate cooling of the body. Again, this is a medical emergency and the person should be taken to the hospital. There, they can achieve rapid cooling by immersing the person in a bath of cold or ice water, which will quickly lower the body temperature. Some doctors prefer to use an evaporation technique instead of immersion. And another way is to wrap the person in a special cooling blanket. The National Weather Service is really good about calculating the threat risk for heat-related weather conditions. So, if you happen to get under a heat advisory or an excessive heat warning, then pay attention. Hydrate. Don't do strenuous activities outdoors and stay cool. Keep these things in mind if you're going to work or play outside in the middle of summer. And don't forget to use sunscreen. If you have a question about the weather you'd like us to answer, then send us an email at stormdarweather at gmail.com. And in the subject line, put weather question. Well, that does it for this edition of Stormdar Weather School. And there you go. I mean, we've been talking about heat and safety rules and all sorts of things for heat-related last week, but... You know, it's kind of nice to just hear it in a nice weather school so you can take your pencil and paper and write down notes and just make sure you're safe during this And that's hot important. And historically in the past five years, we haven't had anything worse than what we had last week. Right. We, we haven't really gotten over 100 a whole bunch of times. Yeah, thank God. Yeah, we haven't been in the extreme. We just, uh, what, right. 95? Was that yeah. the highest we, we got? Right. But, you know, combined the heat and humidity. Right. But some places were just in, insane. And la- last year, when the ground was dry, uh, <clears throat> had no moisture, it just heated up. We were having temperatures, 102 air temperature or something. Well, I mean, did you, last, last year? Let's go last year. Okay. And the year before, we had red flag warnings every week. I remember that. Do you remember? I mean, the higher wind, every yeah, week. dry and high wind. Everything was dry. Everything was fuel because we had no rain, and and the and the humidity levels were so low. Now that humidity level, at least it keeps the fires away. You know, so there you go. Well, plus all the rain that we've had consecutively yeah. up to this point. Which is good. I mean, we we need that. So, anyway, it's time for the next segment, which is This Week in Weather History. So, Corey, what you got? Well, we had the extreme heat. Now we're going to go with something else. Back on July 21st of 1983, Hmm. uh, the, the Vostok Station 
in Antarctica. Ooh, way down south. It's south of Ridgedale. Okay. It, uh, <laughs> the temperature dropped to 128.6 degrees below zero. Wow. This reading is the coldest temperature ever recorded. 128.6 degrees wow. below zero is the coldest temperature ever recorded. And it happened in July of 1983. Well, you know, if, if everybody knows the northern and southern hemisphere, when we're in summer, they're in winter. So that's incredible. Yeah. I don't, and don't they have a station down there? I mean, I've heard of Vostok before. They, I don't know if they have a military station or, or something. It's more a bunch of us, like a scientific thing. Yeah, research facility yeah. or something. Yeah, I have heard that. And every now and then I like to go there and uh, you can find it on Google. You can find it online and, and get the real-time uh, Vostek recordings, Ooh, which I think is kind of cool. In order to go there, to be a scientist there, you have to go through all kinds of mental evaluation. It's, it's basically like you're, you're – like NASA would put you through to go to the moon or, or, or yeah, it's uh, like why uh, why in the world the would you ISS, want to go down there? <laughs> you have to be mentally stable to go to these places. Oh yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, I would I would love to see it, but fifteen minutes I'd be done. No, know? well that's why they have YouTube. You know, and I, I've seen things down there. I mean, everything is ice down there. I mean, well, Antarctica is land, but I mean, there's ice and there there's ships called icebreakers which are designed to go in there and just plow into these big ice glaciery type things and break it, break everything up. Yeah, cold. I mean, well, you're not going to see any like wildlife down there. It's too cold. Penguins. Do is, is polar bears? Is it I don't know. Well, that might be too cold for them. I don't know. I remember That's true. When uh I worked at the Yakov Smirnoff Theater. Uh-huh. And he got a chance to go into southern, I don't know, it was Brazil or whatever. It was on the southern tip of South America. Okay. And he brought back all kinds of pictures of wild penguins down there. And I thought that was the coolest thing. Because I guess it's so close down to the Arctic or to the Antarctica. Oh, yeah. And they well, those penguins. You are... don't think of penguins when you say South America. Uh, right. But they have them. Yeah, you you think up up in uh, northern Canada right, or right. southern in Ar- a- a- Antarctica? Can't even say that. My mouth is watering. But penguins—they're designed to live in that cold air, like the polar bears and the black bear. Uh, I like watching the what is it? It's on BBC Planet Earth, and they yeah. had like a Arctic Antarctica, you know, down there, which is really cool. I mean, when I'm bored and have nothing to do, which is rare. <laughs> I'll turn on BBC just for relaxation and love watching Planet Earth. Planet Earth is so amazing. Here's here here's a little bit of non-weather related tidbit trivia here. Okay. Wells Fargo, the bank. You know, it's been around since the 1800s. Uh-huh. When it was, you know, they uh actually have two ATMs down there at this station. What? Yeah. And they get used like five times a year <laughs> and they get serviced about once every two years. And that's the southernmost ATM that exists on earth. No, are you saying Vostok? Yes. That, they have ATMs down there? I don't know why they would need cash. 
Is there a 7-Eleven down there? <laughs> I don't know why anybody in... in a white oak? I mean... Well, <laughs> I don't know. Sorry, I'm, I, that's just kind of blowing my mind that they have an ATM down there. They have two ATMs, and they're side by side, and they look like they're from the 1980s. <laughs> they're like that old They'd technology. <laughs> and it probably takes a while for it to dial into your checking account. To kind of like AOL. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But they do exist. I can't imagine. I don't. I don't. There's a possibility that these bases have like stores, like you would get Com- commissaries. See, right. that, that that's what I'm just thinking of now. Is if, if it's a research facility, they have. You know, if it's a huge mess hall type thing, because I've seen stuff down there. If it's the military. Or research, they're pretty big. They're not just huts. Yeah. So they have the commissary, they have the mess hall. So I would imagine that that would be plausible. But you would think that would come out of, they would have a system that it would come out of your income somehow. like Or what you're getting paid, yeah. Right. Boy, I But, but nowadays, man, I don't know. nowadays, things are different. Than probably when those ATMs were installed, because you have PayPal, you can just or Apple Pay. I can pay. I can hit a yeah. button on my watch, and it's in your account. Oh yeah, Zelle. Zelle does that. I too. can do yeah. that at uh, McDonald's, at Walmart, at wherever I want to do. I, I I don't even have to show my plastic card or anymore. Get any cash. I hit a button on my watch or my phone, and it's paid for. Does does it Walmart do that now? Yeah, right. So, yeah, I need to get an Apple Pay. I I haven't done Apple Pay. I'm still credit card. If I were selling things down there, that's what the way I would go. You have to buy yourself about three parkas to wear, and probably wouldn't need I, sunscreen. I would, I would. You think you'd have to pack that? I mean, do you buy that on Amazon? I mean, where where would you buy that? If you were a scientist. If well, I were a scientist ask, ask, living yeah. in Branson, Missouri, and I was on a mission to go down to Antarctica, where do I go shopping right now for 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 all that stuff? I'd have to buy it online. Yeah, well, maybe I have it shipped down there. And, and does the UPS run down there? I don't think so. Well, maybe I've seen the use UPS ships before. I don't know. I think we're going off the, the rails now. <laughs> Antarctica fascinates me. And it oh, it does. Has. It does me too. It really always has. And the wind. I mean, not only the the stupid cold temperatures. There is some high wind around that place, oh, yeah. like ninety miles an hour, and just that, constant. That's, that's an everyday thing down there. Which again, that's why. That's I why like, you have to go to those psychological events <laughs> before you go down there. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've watched these YouTube videos. I love them, love them, love them. Oh, okay. Well, we're not going to be that cold up here, but I think it's time for the... It's the weather word of the week. It's the Stormdar weather weather word of the week. So, Corey, what is that? Well, today it's two words, one phrase, heat island. Yeah. It's a heat island. Yes. What would a heat island be? Heat islands are more prevalent in bigger cities, such as St. Louis, Kansas City, but you can also see them, the effect in Springfield, Joplin, anywhere that's surrounded by nothing, and then all of a sudden you have a city. There you go. It's a dome of elevated temperatures over an urban area caused by the heat absorbed by the structures and the pavement. Exactly right. You know, they're trying to minimize the eff- the heat island effect as much as they can. I don't know how they can. Well, 
the bigger cities and the more cities that are trying to go green yeah they're 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 trying to paint all the roofs of the buildings completely white for maximum reflection right but but you make, can't paint everything white that doesn't make sense to me i mean i mean it, it does to it well because you've got pavement you've got build the sides you, of buildings yeah 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 but, but what they're doing they're also trying to uh, minimize their their energy consumption per building. Now that makes sense, right? So. Yeah, because if you got maximum reflection off the roof, your building is not going to heat up as much. Right, it's still going to heat up because the sun is is not stationary at zenith. It's going to move, and by the time it gets like four thirty uh, in the afternoon, it's going to be shining on those side of the building. So no, I, I, I get it. I went that to St. Louis last week, and I was in a parking garage downtown with the. With the Branson High School drum majors, I was taking them to a camp. Oh, that's right. And yeah. the entire top level of the parking garage looked like snow. It was completely white. No way. Now, parking garage isn't going to cause a lot of... They're not going to be concerned about the temperature because they don't have to regulate the, the energy level for a parking garage. But it was still com- painted completely white, and this was owned by the city of St. Louis. So... I assume that's what they're doing. That's that's what they're thinking is paint it white. You know, you, it's not going to hurt. Yeah, I'll put it that way. And if you get enough buildings, especially the huge buildings, if if they would do that, they would probably reduce you know some heat. I mean, you not only have the sun coming down on the pavement, which we know pavement in the middle of summer can reach what 160 degrees 170 that's why you don't walk your dog on the pavement exactly never walk your dog on the pavement in hot summer because uh what what is that phrase if it's too hot for your feet it's too hot for theirs i've seen some damage of course i've seen it on facebook so mm. people try to warn you on Facebook, don't do this, don't do that. Walk them in the grass, which I can understand because that pavement gets hot. Oh, I always do. I got my flip-flops on and I'm, you know, the dog, you stay. I mean, if they want to trot just a little bit, right. you know, just to get over, I mean, that's okay. But and no. they'll usually let you know. They'll try to walk in the grass. Yes. And for Pete's sake, don't leave your dogs in the car. Mm-hmm. I mean, people still do this. That, that that just blows my mind that people still they they you know they take their dog with them they're gonna go in for about ten minutes or whatever to a store and they leave their their dog in the car. Guys, don't do that. The car heats up within minutes. It could be a hundred and thirty five degrees in ten minutes in that car, and your poor dog. No, that's just cruelty. Well, so. and an example for that is did you see the National Weather Service in Omaha this week tried no. to bake some biscuits in, in a car? Oh, yeah. And within minutes, the the car temperature was 175 degrees. And they could measure it somehow through the window. They had a special thermometer. That, oh, yeah, yeah, with their laser right. thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. And the tops of the biscuits were 150. Now... You leave that in for four hours, and that cooks through. So they were able to cook biscuits in a car in the summer heat. Wow, isn't that incredible? It's kind of like a crock pot. You know, it's cooked cooked at lower temperatures, but for a very long time. But it's up there, and it will cook. Yeah, so here's a good rule. 
if it's hot enough to cook biscuits, it's hot enough to cook your pet. Or anything else. Or your kid. Do not leave your kid in the car. Do not leave anything in the car. Matter of fact, a lot of people will crack their window a little bit, which is probably the best idea. If you're going to be out for well, like an hour. You need to hour, crack your window whether you have kids or dogs or not. No, Yeah. No, I'm not saying if the kids. You, you no, no. Just don't leave you, the kids in. You, but yeah, crack it or not because then that heat get, gets I, out. I had a heat-related casualty in my van not oh. too long ago. Oh. I had a... Uh, 12 pack of cokes in the very back that i had forgotten about and Uh-oh. they will explode <laughs> i could have predicted the uh, they were still in the box so it didn't make too much of a mess but it will explode take my word for that you know i think if it's coke or water or anything you get it to that temperature yeah well they say you're not supposed to drink any water that's been left in your car in a plastic bottle because the plastic will release toxic levels of BPA into the water. I heard a news article about that the other day. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. If it gets really, really hot, then it, yeah, it starts leaking like chemicals. So it says into it. even when it cools down, don't drink that water. Throw it out. Wow. I don't know how true that is, but, you know, at first I saw it as a Facebook forward and feed. And yeah, share. you never know. But, yeah. but, but, but last week I saw it from a reputable news source. So that way, you know. Hey, I have an idea. If you're going to go on a trip, why don't you get a cooler and put some ice in it and then put your, your water in it so yeah. it doesn't get that hot? I did that. <laughs> that's for sure. I did yeah. that yesterday. Because, see, that's the catch 22 because when it gets hot like that, people need to hydrate, 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 which we said in the weather school. But, you know, if you just leave the water in the car, then it could be dangerous. You know, just take it out of the tap. I don't. Just stay home in the cool air conditioning. Don't even go out anywhere. Except you went to the creek, so. Yeah, man. That, that was, was great. <laughs> well, you, I don't know if you want to go this week, but overall, this week's going to be just fantastic. You know, like, like we've been saying, less humidity, not no humidity, but less humidity, temperatures in the 80s. Wow. Good, good time to get on for the lake. For the last week in July, it's about the best you can hope for. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And if... Everything holds for August if the Climate Prediction Center, you know, is correct, which they change every few weeks um, based on the new model data. It looks like kind of average. So average would be 89. And then by the end of October, no, wait, August, by the end of September, we're getting down into the 70s. So, yeah, August is we're, we're kind of at our hottest point right now. Somebody from Miami today, Miami, Oklahoma, my hometown. Yeah. Said, hey, when's it? Uh, when 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 can we expect the cooler temperatures of fall? The cool the, the cool down. I told them Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because well, you know you can get eighties in October, and I we did last year. I was oh, still yeah. swimming on my birthday in my it's pool. Been upper eighties and Halloween. Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> well, but also it's I it's been snowing on Halloween. Yeah, we have had snow like 20, 30 years ago, not recently. Well, I I remember. Snow on the uh, KSN, which is the NBC affiliate in Joplin, where I used to work, uh-huh. the tower cam, it was 96 or 97, and we were showing snow. It may have not been snowing on the ground, but it was snowing. The tower is 1,500 feet. The camera was halfway up, so about 750 feet. No, wait, wait. Okay. You're, okay. You're up 750 mm-hmm. feet. Mm-hmm. And you're picking up snow? We had small snowflakes 
Correct. But what was the temperature on the surface? Oh, I don't know. Oh, okay. This was the new newscast, and I directed the six, the five, six, and ten. So I was gotcha. watching it from home. Ah, gotcha. So I wasn't there at the time. But it, but you could definitely see visible snowflakes on the tower cam. But that was Halloween. Yeah, it was on Halloween. Wow. Yeah. Well, Hall- it, Halloween's kind of like March. The, the end of March, because you're right in that transition at this point. We had a real nice cool down last year, right on the transition into fall on mm-hmm. September 21st. We had 80s the day before, and then fall came, and it was almost instant that we had highs in the 50s, and it was really cool, actually. And that happened just this past year, and it was the only year that's ever happened. And of course, it warmed up right after that, but well, yeah, we had a little front that really dropped temperatures right when fall came through. Hopefully that'll happen again. Well, I'm seriously hoping we don't get this like stupid hot. I mean, humidity. I mean, it's the humidity. I mean, you can have temperatures 93, 94 degrees, but if the humidity is only like 15 or 20 percent, it's still going to feel okay. It's going to be hot, but it's not going to be like stupid hot. So I'm good with that. Once you get the hot temperatures and the humidity over. You know, sixty percent or above. That's when it really gets uncomfortable. Oh yeah, that dew point gets up there. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, you know, I should have run the dew point. I'll run the dew point next week because I need to listen to it again. You know, we we play these uh, these weather schools, and they I just drop them in, uh, but sometimes I forget. <laughs> I need to do an update on the radar because there's been so much change in technology in these past well year or year and a half. On radar, I need to do another update on uh, Doppler weather radar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I've retired that one. I have a love-hate relationship with dew points. Because in the spring, I love them. In the summer, I hate them. <laughs> yeah, we do like them in the spring because yeah. that signals, okay, we got some juice for some severe That's weather. some energy right there. Yeah, but in the, in the summertime, it's like we got juice, but That's we got a cap. That's torture right there. <laughs> torture right <laughs> Well, let's just hope that our August. I mean, we got one more podcast in July, so we'll maybe yeah. we'll hit uh, the CPC Climate Prediction Center and see what they say next time. So, got anything else? I got. I think we did it all. I think we did it all and more. So <laughs> l- let's wrap this thing up. Be sure to look for us on Facebook at Stormdar Weather. Like our page and be sure to like or comment on our posts to have them show up in your newsfeed. You can always contact us through our Facebook page or send us an email to stormdarweather at gmail.com. Also, check out our website and our merch store at stormdarweather.com. Well, that does it for this time, so join us next week for the next edition of the Stormdar Weather Podcast. <laughs>